This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. They are pretenders among us, people who have mastered their ability to hide their pain, failures, struggles, and inadequacies in life. People who have the ability to mask their imperfections through material wealth and careers. In the last 20 years, social media has exploded and incubated these pretenders to grow in number and attitude. But one day in 2016, one of these pretenders broke away. This is his story. Hi and welcome to the show. My name is Jay and this is the Pretender Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to listen to the latest episode of the Pretender Podcast on the AfriPods network right here in Africa. You can also listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast network of your choice. This is part two with my good friend Pete. We continue where we left off talking about his experience switching to a plant-based diet. He talks about permaculture and homeschooling. We even digressed a bit more into parenting and how this podcast came into being. Uh, This is a continuation of the last podcast recording. And once again, I do apologize for the audio quality in these first two parts. But the content is legit and I hope you too can enjoy it. When you talk about having a plant-based diet and the challenges of what we have now, Previously, a few years ago, it wasn't something that was out in the public domain, and now it's, it's being pushed, especially when you talk about veganism, you know, like, it's, it's a market tool, and it's also being tied to uh, people being healthy, which is true, but it's, it's, it's moved on to something else. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to say. It's, it's... Like I said earlier, I encourage everyone to try it. it. It may work for you, it may not work for you. There will be some marginal benefit to your health, I'm, I'm sure. But long term, long term benefits, who knows? You might even get sick, it may not work for you. Uh, we live in the age, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole. Mm. You, you have abundance of information around you. Yeah. It's not like you have to go to library to dig it out. Yeah. You, everything is in the palm of your hand on your own smartphone. Right. So if you keep an open mind and, and seek seek uh, the information and seek the answers, if you don't find it, you you will most likely attract it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And eventually stumble upon it. And again, I will add to the original question of yours about move to Africa. Once I went hardcore vegan, cold turkey vegan, I really got a lot of clarity of thought. It's like my my mind cleared up. There was no more fog. I was I was able to process things differently, and that sort of got me on a on a, on a, on a, on a different path. So without without being uh, 
without being able to sort of uh, kick the quote-unquote Western diet mm. to the curb, I don't think that the move to Africa without this seems, seem, seemingly small component, I don't think the move would have been, uh, would have been possible. I hope, I hope that makes sense, but uh, a lot of things I'm still trying to figure out, a lot of things uh, don't make sense to me or I don't know, but the gut feeling is alright, it feels right, so I will Bit by bit, um, I've added some uh, milk in my coffee or milk in my tea. Mm. I'm not crazy about eggs, so occasionally we might have some eggs. Uh, cheese, I might have some cheese, vegetarian pizza once in a while. Um, my wife is more into eating fish. I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really. I'm not really out there looking for it, if wifey brings it home and she cooks it, I'll eat it, but if we don't have it for two or three weeks, yeah, I'm perfectly fine. If it's an avocado season, I can survive on uh, two, three, four avocados a day and I'm perfectly fine. Just like with anything else, eventually you will plateau and you won't see much of an improvement, so then you, then you start to question that's, that's where a lot of people go back to their original ways. Yeah. So, so who knows? I think I think there's still a lot of things we need to we need to figure out. But uh, uh, one of the things I often talk about, like there's so many so many aspects of your life that you can't control. Right. Whether it's going to rain, or whether the interest rates are going to up or down, or if there's going to be a change of government, or, or whatever restrictions may be put on us or whatnot, you can't control any of them. What can you control? You can really control what you put inside your body, right? And you can really control your physical fitness. So, when we were in the dumps and we were at our lowest point, I often told you, bro, just stick with this, just try to control what you can control. Yeah. So, 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 being, being fit and being healthy really, really contributes to the, to the point of where, where, where you can really wake up in the morning and be very fresh and ready to raise these young boys because yes. They are, they are really demanding um, uh, uh, respect to all the, all the women that raise their kids on their own. Amen. And if, they have, <laughs> if they have two, three, four of them, yeah. just one, it's a, it's a, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. So, so if you can control and be, be as prepared as possible, you know, mentally you might be up and down once in a while. But, but if, if, I believe if you if you if you are if you are physically prepared, it's easy easier to to, 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 to sort of uh, uh, 
for the for the lack of a better word or word to fake the mental when the mental is not at the at the, at the highest. So sometimes you have to fake it to 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 make it because young kids they don't don't understand the right. concept of you being depressed or right. or, or, or not feeling uh, upbeat in a particular day or you you may have an argument uh, with your wife or, 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 or you had some bad news from from your family or something happened kids don't care about that they want to have their fun they want to have uh, their companion they uh, physically and mentally present so Again, there's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and that's hard. You can't shoot a quote. It's, it's hard work. And even just deciding to change that is hard. But what is even harder, especially in these days, is growing what you get. And I, I really want to hear, because this is one thing that we, we have adopted over the years, and thanks to you, like, um, I had an innate desire and love to grow food, but when I met you, I had a new dimension that I had never really thought about, and this is something that was there traditionally in Africa, the re-education to understand that you could grow food in ways that are much more, are different somewhat uh, 
self-sufficient or, or, or independent in, uh, in, uh, in our life, there has to be a component where you, where you, where you grow some of your food, whether it's food, vegetables, or raising livestock. So one of the one of the reasons Life as into all these pieces we talked about, like this 
how has that been in terms of uh, really finding that quality of life through uh, farming and sustainable farming? Uh, I can't. I can't really. I'm, I'm, I'm quite analytical person. Mm. I analyze, overanalyze uh, everything and every aspect out there. And sometimes I just, I just give up because with the amount of information that you have, yeah. it still doesn't make sense to you. Yeah. The, the, the way certain things work, but I can't find any fault growing your food or raising your livestock in a, in a organic organic way or a regenerative way or permaculture label way, whatever whatever mm-hmm. you want, whatever label you want to stand on it. Um, it makes perfect sense to me. That's 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 basically bottom line and that's my that's my uh, that's my goal in life to feel like I found a higher purpose. It's uh, it's uh, it's a very good conversation starter. Mm-hmm. It's like it's uh, you can say um, people have lost their touch with nature, and everyone, whether they aware of it or, or unconsciously, everyone is sort of uh, attracted to that to that. Point of origin, yeah. if I could, if I could call it that. So we 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 were on a small farm in Lusaka previously, growing organic vegetables and raising pasture pigs, free range pigs. Even though I don't eat meat, you can't you can't really have a functional farm without without. Uh, Without uh, animal manure that can be turned into quality compost and can be used to, to grow your produce, vegetable produce, and, uh, and uh, it's it's one loop. Now that we re- uh, relocated to Solvesi, we are developing a new farm from from uh, from the scratch. So free range pigs. Free-range chickens, highly likely sheep will be will be something that will be implemented in the, in the near future. Of course, seasonal crops, um, growing our our vegetables, and planting a lot of fruit trees, which supplement the animal production and uh, and our son loves it. Moved to Solvesi from Osaka. He was miserable for about three, four months, crying, asking me, Daddy, please take me back to my farm. The dog was going crazy. She escaped about four, five, six times, not being used to the confined of environment of the, of the, of the suburbia. Mm. So, but we are back on track now. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice process. It's a nice process. Once again, shout out to Wifey. It's something that she, that she
she didn't need much conviction on. It makes perfect sense to her as well. We lived on the farm before. She loves that lifestyle, what it provides. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't see any way where we can, uh, when our, where our train can be derailed from this, from these tracks. For sure, I like the point about the process because it is a process, and along the way, it's been challenging. It's hard starting over. And, but within that is an aspect of progression. You know, um, every single time you start over, because I mean, people shouldn't take it lightly. Uh, moving on from one city to another is, is hard, and moving a farm from one city to another is almost never possible. So you are starting over. You have to start over. Different uh, terms in terms of the land is different, the climate is slightly different, navigate around different people, different ways of getting things. Moving from while it was in the outskirts of, of the city, you could at least have access to stuff within Osaka or the city to the farm. But when you move to the far northwest, then there's a bit of logistics and all that. And it takes a certain
of something that that uh, should be should be fairly self-explanatory. But uh, somehow, somehow we just stopped practicing these these things. Um, that uh, would be a norm hundred years ago, because hundred years ago we, we didn't really have that many fertilizers and chemicals and we couldn't really enforce our other way on the nature that we do now. So we worked with the nature way more. Our 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 ancestors had it all figured out. So somehow along the way we became too smart with all these uh, technologies and all these distractions and all these Distractions and all these uh, comforts in life, and, and, and we forgot where our food came from. But part of growing food and having a farm means that you have to live on the outskirts, uh, and it's almost uh, always uh, further out from the suburbs, from the city. This means that you, you always cannot get to places wrong in the city uh, that you would get to, especially like if you to go to school drop-offs where it's good uh, stuff, you have to drive a long way out and all that. This means that you have to consider a lot of options, all the things that you do if you're getting your stuff, grocery stuff that you need on the farm, you need to get them. For a period, you want to get to go to the city, you want to go into the outskirts, and you plan your way, your life around that. And for me, that meant like planning for the future in terms of one day able to take the kids to school every day and pick them up. So, how do we give our children an education? And the underlying point there is an education um, in a way that we could sustain it. I'll just uh, say my opinion. 
this part of it because you're the you're the champion. I uh, I I did uh, I did basic homeschooling with our son, but uh, I'm not as serious about education as you are. I'm more of a uh, play and work and play and have fun and free range sort of father. Which, 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 which I think is okay because when the child is five years old, why, why, in my opinion, why force all these things on on the on the little creature? He can always pick it up when he's seven (laughs) or eight. So that's just my opinion. So we we took it. We 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 did uh, download certain uh, homeschooling programs. We we followed it to a certain degree. Um, uh, our son went to a homeschool sort of setup uh, uh, for for a few months before the pandemic uh, uh, hit us, and uh, and one day he turned around and he told me, "Daddy, I want to go to school." So I'm looking at him like, "Okay, why?" I want to have more friends. I'm like, fair enough, buddy. It's your life. If you want to go to school, we'll put you to school. He made a decision. We rolled with it. He goes to. He goes to school now, and uh, the important part to me is he's he's got a big smile on his face when he's getting on the bus. He's got a big smile on his face when he's getting off the bus. Yeah. So I'm not trying to question what they're teaching him today or whatever. <laughs> as, long, as long as he's happy, as long as he's uh, smiling, I'm happy to, to roll with it. But um, once again, if he makes a decision of uh, going back to homeschooling, I'm ready. <laughs> But uh, Jay's been seriously homeschooling his son. He's uh, he's, uh, he's a champion. I think he's uh, he's uh, he puts, in my opinion, he put more way more emphasis on uh, education than I do. And uh, please go 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 more into into it because yeah. you really you really live it. I know you spend a lot of time preparing. You right. spend a lot of resources uh, on it, so yeah. So my whole life, I think, at this point, is um, uh, wrapped out around the homeschool program. And um, I like what you said about the kids playing and all that, because actually, as I got to learn uh, through this homeschool, because it's in January, like you get to learn stuff as you're hoping your child can learn but I realized like the kids learn as they play so the emphasis was so little <laughs> on the academic stuff but for them to play because they actually learn through play and I think for me uh, having been on the past train of raising my child being there for it just added more time that we spent together um, but uh, one thing I know, homeschooling is, is hard work. It's a full-time job. It's not something that you're going to do half-heartedly. If you're not ready to do 
the, the tricks they try to yeah. play on you. Discipline, discipline. And, and you have to navigate a very thin line to not uh, damage the relationship of uh, you being an authority. Right. And, uh, or just a play buddy. You constantly have to navigate right. those two. And then there's school rules, there's parents, there's... Because uh, for them it's work as well. And then it's 30 children. Like one child is a lot of work. Like you have... I have like four hours to prepare. <laughs> a day before, right after school. And I still have to be a parent. I still have to go. And then just one thing before like I lose this thought. Um, homeschooling has nothing to do with you as a parent becoming a teacher. You're always going to be the parent when your child is in that learning room or you're um, helping them learn in the learning center or whatever that is. You're going to always be daddy. You're not going to be Mr. So-and-so. And, and now, <laughs> papa, <laughs> papa in our case, right? So it, it doesn't change. And a lot of people ask me this question, like, so now does he have to or teacher, or you know, no, 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 I'm still going to be Papa in there. I'm still going to be Papa in there. And learning happens in every corner of our yard, our house, it never stops. It's just being more aware of it and guiding them. And these kids are smarter than us. We dumb them down. Them down. We, we dumb them down. <laughs> so they don't need your help much. The academic stuff is the easy part. It's just for them to get. But uh, for you as a parent, whether you're the mom or the dad, parent that you like a lot of mental preparation and you can, uh, with all the challenges around, <laughs> you still have to be the right mind, right attitude. With the homeschooling, with discussing homeschooling, I, I consider myself about maybe two out of ten because I'm. Uh, more of a free-range type of uh, approach. I don't, I don't feel like uh, uh, really. I can't. I can't sort of process it in my head to justify forcing this five-year-old child to 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 learn this if if he doesn't really want. To. I'm I'm curious where you, where you see yourself on the, on the scale from uh, from one to ten because. You are on a significantly higher level, a level of homeschooling compared to what I do, because I look at it from the from the from the angle of uh, I can't put a, a premium or I can't put a value on 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 an experience where, where I walk into the into the field and I find my my son in the cage uh, playing with the newborn piglets. Or I find him uh, chasing chickens, or, or catching birds, or picking eggs on his own, and, and, and naming all the chickens, and watching their interactions, and reporting to me that this chicken, this name, and that name, they were fighting, and whatnot. I I I I, I sort of from that free range mindset of mine, I sort of enjoy it more. When, when it's when when it's free free flowing rather than uh, uh, rather than structured homeschooling, which 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 is uh, I think 
the root of my of my failure of of, uh, of a homeschool educator. So I'm I'm really curious to to see where you where you. I know you you still appreciate and enjoy all these experiences, but where, where do you see yourself uh, on the scale from one to ten? Um, I'm I'm quite conservative when it comes to that. I would say uh, a five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll five say. five is a is a, is a cop out answer. Five is a it's you you that's in the middle. You can't. Yeah, because I said five because I discovered really early and quickly that the homeschool program was very little to do with uh, just, okay, is math you're going to learn this? It's like two things. It's the character of the child, like preparation for, for learning, so to speak, especially that when you start homeschooling at an early age, so when you told that, kindergarten to preschool is preparing them to learn concepts of life. Like, for example, they understand what gravity is, but not from a textbook perspective. They know something will fall, and if you throw something up, it will fall. And really, you're not going to explain why it's falling, per se, because you're just sort of making, giving a label to it. That's what it's so if something you throw something up, it's heavy or fall, then you call it gravity. So they already know that. So you're not teaching them that something will fall, but you are kind of preparing them to, to learn to navigate some of the things in, in, in the real world. But there was very little to do with um, the actual academic stuff. And, and again, there is very little. But you're just giving them Learning is an innate 
So again, I go back to I am a five because uh, I still have a lot to learn. But uh, what I am, I was able to see that matters the most is the structure you're referring to had much to do with putting a child in a place where learning can happen in a formal way, aside from the learning that happens in a in a, an unstructured way, in preparation for later stages in their life when they need to sit down and focus on something. That's what the structure is about. It's not about you in school you would be doing this so you're going to do this here. It's more about there's some time in their life when they need to you need to focus on something. Be it family, be it whatever you want to do in life, but you need to have a space where they focus on and then to have that structure in life because part of the children growing up is to just have structure and security around it. So the structure is just for them to start to learn, to grow their attention span, to develop that time. This is my space when I want to, to focus on a quiet time because quiet time is good for children. You see it in naps, you see it in when they just sit at some point and just quiet. It's important, like all of us in the region. But then you start to give them structure and understanding time, and understanding all these things that are looking at them. And along the way, the concepts start to come out, concepts that they already understand. They count petals from flowers without you teaching them. You know? Now, how can you attach meaning to numbers? You know, those concepts are slowly introduced. So that's why I say I'm a five. <laughs> Still called on that. Five. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a question because uh, from my experience before my son went to school, without a fail, you get this question. And so let me be a devil's advocate. What about, uh, what about uh, uh, social interactions with other kids? Okay, so everything um, that our children learn, I mean, let me, start, let me say from this perspective, our children are seen monkey do, and they, they follow the, the same routine. So they do exactly what we do. Now, social interactions are not necessarily learned at school, but they're learned from the home. So um, we teach our children how to relate to us early on, how to relate to a visitor or an older person when they come into our home without actually leaving the confines of our home. We teach our children how to relate to uh, older people, people that are older than their own parents, like grandparents and all those things. It's how they relate to them. And this this helps them when they go out to the world. That's where they are, they are innocent souls, right? They will relate based on what they talk. And in a social setting, like when I go out and I meet somebody, I, I have a way that I am taught to relate to them. But how they relate to me may spark a reaction, right? So, but my founded way to respond to them was taught from the home. It's not the person out there teaching me. 
and I give an example of myself. I was still an introvert, so to speak. I went into school an introvert. <laughs> I came out of school an introvert. You know what I mean? And to relate your question to someone, something someone recently asked me, how would a child that's homeschooled be able to compete in a world that's, you know, uh, that's aggressive, so to speak. It's a uh, uh, ring of the neck kind of a thing. Like they have to fight for every position and all that. Uh, and I said to Which them... Which is a fair question. It is a very fair question. But I said to them, the child or person should be motivated to succeed, not by being able to beat another person, but because that's important to them, you know what I mean, right? Like, do you get a job because you are qualified and able to do it, or do you get it by necessarily looking at your neighbor and saying, okay, that's what my neighbor is doing and I'm going to be better than them. No, it's motivation. Like, you double the character. And that's what homeschooling is about. You, you double the character. What motivates your child to succeed? And it should be within self-motivation. It shouldn't matter what the other person is doing, but this is what I want to do. To be good at Not to beat them. But the world that is out there, the world of competition is about our children, you compete for no reason at all. You have to compete to be better. If someone is better than you, you have to try to be better than them. So it's not really an innate it's like survival, so to speak. It's not motivation, it's survival. So I, I think socializing and re relating to people is something that we teach from the home. We teach our children how to relate to other person, how to relate to authority. You know, and part of the homeschool curriculum is they have to understand how the nation, the country they live in, is set up with the government and all that. You teach them from there um, because they're going to live in that world. But you're also not taking away their freedom to think on their own. There's authority by nature in the home. The father and the mother uh, make the decisions, and that almost reflects the unit. Government, you know, like the, the country that they live, their rules are made for it, just like their rules in the house. And by the time they go out to that world, they are prepared. You know, the only thing that uh, we're doing in our homeschool setting is preparing the child. And whether it's relating to people, whether it's relating to rules, and then understanding that the whole curriculum. I mean, it's, it's a whole program that you have to understand. You have to go through the material to see it and see. How children get time to play and they interact uh, with their peers without any of our So I hope that kind of oh, got it. Well, good, good, uh, good answer. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I also want to ask, like, like more, more from the angle of interaction with these agents, because once again, every single interaction I had with uh, with the new people I meet, with the friends. People ask you, which school does your son go to? <laughs> and then you say, no, we, we, we homeschool. My mom would be on my case because she can't comprehend the concept of homeschooling. She'd be like, 
No, but where, where, where does he play with his, with his friends or with his agents? So, so she doesn't uh, take it for an answer when I told her that no, there, there's hundreds, there's dozens of kids around, yeah. and, and he plays with them exactly. outside. So, so, so from from that angle, what about the interaction with his uh, agents? Yeah, like. Um, how do you teach um, a two-year-old what they should say or do with another two-year-old? Like, okay, now you're going to play with your friends. This is how you should behave towards them. Like, you can't do that. There's, within us, we are not created to be, like, um, lone people. Like, we are people... You are social creatures. So there's an innate desire to connect. And that's why kids will not be able to talk. They're so small, but they find a common thing. You can't, you don't even teach that. However, the relation that uh, I talked about earlier is referring to as they're growing, as they're having that self awareness. And self awareness comes with some selfishness. That's why a child thinks they are in charge for certain years. You are raising them in your home, they think they can get whatever they want. You don't just go get what you want, you have to ask. You teach that in a home in relation to you so that the child knows how to relate to another person. So with kids, um, you do your homework when you can at a certain stage when they are growing, but some of it you can't even teach. Kids know how to relate once they reach their peers and you uh, they they're playing with their peers. It's just a connection. You can't. It's like, however, as they get older, two, three, four, five, and they're self-aware, you need to teach them manners. Manners in the home translate outside. You know, you can't. You can't separate it. You can't say our child is well-mannered in their home, but when they go outside, they are not well-mannered. It's a very, it's a very slow. It's not possible. Like, you, you have to teach that in the home. Train up the child in the way you should go. And when he's grown, you know, you can prove it. You know. Um, so kids, kids have an innate desire to connect with other kids. You find them connected. I think uh, I'll give an example of our son. He's one of he can be very shy and all that, but you just you just leave him there, and they'll figure it out. <laughs> because he wants to play the thing that he wants is to relate to kids of his age. <laughs> he doesn't sit down with adults and it's an innate thing. So that's hard work. Yes, it's hard work. But teaching them to relate to people you have to teach it in the home. It's not the school that you teach it anyway. You know? And because as parents also we're very defensive about anyone else displaying our children actually. If we are honest with ourselves. Yeah. So we teach that to our children in the home, and even if we send them out to school, we want the peers. That's why the first thing a parent will say is, this is not what I teach you at home, you know? <laughs> because you expect that the behavior from the home will present it. So I feel like how to relate to other people is totally in the home. Not in the home school, but in the home. And then there's an immense desire for children to connect. So they are able to we supervise them because there's a certain level of self-awareness that's not there. Like, 
technology or more of a, more of a uh, archival uh, documentation of the progress and the experiences and, and uh, hopefully inspire people and hope that people would learn something along the way. So I'd love to do it myself, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not at that, uh, at that uh, point in my life. What you need is to to keep all the stuff. Then it comes to you for you. It's like you've got this Instagram stuff going, and you've got all this. Doesn't matter whether it's a business plan. It's whatever you have related to your story. Those are points that you can come back to. Well, I'm pretty uh, what you call it, like detailed in the way that I keep stuff. Like I'm a record keeper. But all those points, just those moments. Yeah, it, stay, it stays there. So I, I think from the that's the that's the reason why I try to keep the Instagram account alive. So there's some uh, there's some record of the of the of the journey. Yeah. If, if, even if I if I even if I need to reflect on uh, where I was, it's it's much easier to scroll through it right. and going through the pictures and going yeah. out and. Uh, like the other day, I was telling you, I was using it to to explain certain things to the farm workers. Yeah. So, so it comes handy. So, to answer your question, I'm so glad you did it initially. I think I was more excited than you. <laughs> I'm really glad you're doing it, and I'm, it's impressive. I told you from the start. I'm not trying to blow smoke up you up. Sound quality, you shouldn't worry about it, it's just fine. So, yeah. hopefully, people are enjoying it. Yeah, what did you think of uh, when I posted the first episode? The January imposter, I think it was dark. <laughs> I thought, like, yo, bro, this was a little too dark for my for my liking. I, I, I tell you what, the January imposter is the highest downloaded podcast to this day, it gets a download every single day. And, and I listened to it like uh, a couple of times, uh, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, and I listened to it twice. Right. I think for me, it, it was about setting the tone that I'm serious about being upfront with my business. Like, if my story is going to be powerful, like, just like your story, like, I would, I would like to be part of Like, hey, you, you can like, book this. We we'll use this as a not. <laughs> like I would love to be part of telling your story because it, the story is such a powerful thing. Like when you tell your journey, and there's things that people want to hear and people who are willing to be helped. You, I don't, I didn't want to shortchange anybody by keeping out. Obviously, I'm not going to be detailed about certain uh, private things because of my family, but I wanted to give a real when I set the tone and I, I felt it like okay, this was real. And from there I think it, it, it made it easier for me. Like I I was thinking, I don't want to tell people that life is hard and give them all gloomy, there's enough gloominess in there, but I wanted to say like life is about having gloominess, but it makes you appreciate 
appreciate the, the good times right. much more right. once you once you experience the downs. So yeah. But uh, yeah, that was the journey of my poster. And uh, what would you say was one of your favorite uh, bits like from from all the podcasts which which one I mean there's uh, a lot of stuff that I've talked about, like but resonated the most with you. No, I just I just uh, genuinely appreciate your openness to to just go out there and uh, and uh, sort of uh, spill the beans. Yeah. Because even 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 as we were getting to know each other, um, I'm a firm believer of of uh, of just if you got something to say, you just say it, and if the person is able to process it. They take it for what it is, yeah. and if it resonates with them, yeah. they roll with you. You have a friend for life. If they don't resonate, don't resonate with it. It's not meant to be. Mm. Simple as that. I try. I try to use very, very little filters. Yeah. Uh, I usually swear a lot, so it takes a lot for me to not swear for two hours. Two hours. <laughs> two hours without swearing. It's it's a lot for me. So, so I just, I just, I just, uh, I just appreciate the, the, the candidness of uh, of just being open and just put it all out there. Yeah, yeah. And for me, this is the point where I say uh, I appreciate my wife. Like she, she allowed me to to be able to put all this out. And I mean, obviously, I have a show plan with her to like give her side of the coin, but. Obviously, it's such a great, uh, a great source of strength for me to be able to stand up there and say, okay, this is what went through. It's not just about me, but um, her along on the ride and on the journey and being able to say, okay. she's, a, she's a very private person, I know, but she, she being, like, she's one of the people who's looking out to listen <laughs> to the episodes, and, and she's, she's, um, allowed me to be able to express this and tell our story and I said um, I don't know who but someone is gonna be helped somehow from, from this podcast and, and I and I may never even meet them but somehow just like I think it helps somebody. So okay. uh, but if, if I can get to that point in the journey, yeah I'm definitely happy with it. But um, let me ask you this, do you do you find it therapeutic? It is. It is cathetic for me. Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's for me. Like if I have a burden or something worries me, I feel so much better once I let it out. Yeah. Because if you if you if I'm a I'm a I'm a firm believer of if you just keep on bottling it, mm. it will come up eventually. Why? Probably at the wrong time. Yeah. So. In a way, you didn't want it. Yeah. yeah. So for sure, it's it's pathetic because I, I like I said, I've mentioned before in my podcast, like. I write, I used to write a lot. Like, um, nowadays, I, I, keep, I still write. I mean, I've got a notebook, it's not on my phone, I just need to transfer it somewhere, somehow. I write a lot. And, um, I used to keep a diary back in the day. <laughs> no, nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I used to keep a diary or all this. But, and then I was like, look, I'm going to write this stuff one day. Too. I didn't know it. I thought I was going to do a book. 
aware of me dealing with stuff like I can't let it out because of, I'm an introvert by nature and so I'll try. And when I met uh, my wife, who is like one of those people who like shoots at you straight, I started learning to be able to express myself, you know. And and I developed. I still wrote like, but the whole process of speaking this out through a microphone to somebody is helping me as much as it's helping somebody else even more so like uh, why not say this out in a way that helps somebody as I'm processing things it's my whole process I get nothing to get out like you know my journey is still ongoing it never ended you know, like, you know? but the one thing that I appreciate about life is that I just can't be a person who hides behind a certain bucket, like, I'm going to hide my struggles so that people don't think that thing of me, I think, I left that life a long time ago, you know, what you see is what you get, so, so it helps me, like, this podcast is therapeutic for sure. Awesome, awesome. I want to say one more thing about the podcast. Like you said, I used to write a lot. I still, like you, you almost say like an excuse that I still write. Like each coin has two sides. So I feel like podcasts have robbed me of reading. Yeah. It's like I used to, I tried to, I used to try to read a lot. And I feel, almost feel guilty of not reading enough nowadays. It's like... Uh, you are busy with raising the boy. You are busy doing stuff at home, doing uh, stuff at the farm. So, podcast it's a natural way of uh, multitasking because you can you can you, you can do a lot of things and still listen to the yeah. podcast and not miss out on anything. But you can't really do some uh, meaningful work and read at the same time. Yeah. So I miss reading. So. I, I, but I feel like podcasts have really robbed me of, uh, of uh, reading as much as I used to. But I think I think that's also the age we we yeah. we're living in. You can you can access a lot of information right. online, whether it's YouTube or other 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 video sites. So any information, whether it's on farming or, yeah. or, or cooking or baking or whatever you choose to do, it's out there. So you don't necessarily have to go to a library or spend spend days reading a book. You can watch a YouTube video or or a couple of them on 2x speed and uh, have just about the same same substance. Because it's information. That's where we are. That's where we are, I suppose, in uh, 2022. Right. It's information and the book is information. So we just... The media and the weather for getting the information has transformed. If you can have time to the book, you still get it. But I think for me, you should be at peace with being able to get that information as we're getting it uh, right now. Podcast is um, an effective way right now of getting that information from different sources. And you have, I think the one thing I like about podcasts as well is you can have the same piece. 
use of information from different people, different ways, and be able to get you know similar stuff like you and I did into research and stuff. But you can the same thing you can get it from different angles, and then finally make your own. You can do a lot of reading yeah. between the lines yes. from uh, different perspectives. such an amazing discussion with uh, Pete and a lot of things uh, from our lives both our lives came out from this discussion and we got to uh, talk a little bit more about Zambia as well, you had Lusaka you had Solwezi um, really uh, Zambia is part of an African society and an African continent that has a rich culture and it, I'm proud to call it my home and um, there's so much unique stuff that I've experienced in this country and I'm glad that other people like Pete are welcome here and able to experience this amazing, amazing culture. Uh, but generally from this conversation, we got to revisit parts of our lives in the past five years that really spoke to our experiences as regular people. And I believe that this is also something that resonates with somebody out there and I hope you enjoyed. Because our sound quality wasn't um, quite to our expectations, we decided to give you, our listeners, a perfect gift and look out for it in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening and this is The Pretender Podcast. I'm out. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.